Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS online program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our next guest for Gifters Podcast is Caroline Stagg. She helps people find the work that they love to get better results in less time and effort. Caroline, thanks so much for being our Gifters Podcast, where your story is a gift to the world. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most honest response I've ever gotten. I've done this podcast for about <laughs> 200 times, and you're the first person <laughs> that says, let's hope so. So first, where are you calling from? Because we have a global audience, so we can share with our listeners. Yeah, I'm calling from London in the UK. And you grew up in a countryside in an ancient city of Winchester. What, what, yes. uh, what, is, what is unique about Winchester so our guests can perhaps learn about England? Uh, so uh, Winchester used to be the capital of England. Um, it wasn't London then. Uh, so King Alfred, I, I don't know if listeners will have heard of King Alfred, but he was uh, uh, yeah, an ancient king. And actually he, he came from where well, uh, his seat was in Winchester. And so, um, although I was born just outside London, I then moved to Winchester, and that's where I grew up in a tiny village. Um, and there's uh, a lot of heritage around Winchester. It's a kind of, it's a perfect tourist destination, actually. Nice. What, what do people go there for? They go there for the history, really. There's uh, the Knights of the Round Table. There's a round table there, where, which is really ancient. There's a lot of his historical buildings. Winchester Cathedral's really uh, famous, beautiful. And it's a really kind of um, like a small country town, but with lots of, lots of culture and heritage and the museum and things like that that you can go and find out about ancient Britain. That's great. Now, it's also what... close to Stonehenge, which is another. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah? Okay, so it's not very far from Stonehenge. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, what compelled you to start your own business to be a coach? I mean, was it something that you learned when you were growing up? Your parents, people around you, a book you read? Like, what, what inspired you? Because this podcast is really about giving people lessons and inspirations, insights about yeah. how people got started or how they got, got involved. So, for you, okay. what, what was the um, turning point for you? Well, I think I think it was just that I was I was really searching. What I realized in my, what I now realize, I suppose I should say, is in my life that I I was searching for something, and I didn't have a vocation. Like some people know what they want to be, and I didn't know what I wanted to be. So I my in my, when I did my A levels, which are the exams that you do when you're about between 16 and 18 in England. I, um, I, I chose English, German, and theatre studies. I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And then when I got to the end of that course, I thought, well, I don't know what I want to go on to do at college. I just don't want to do any of those things. So I, I ended up going and doing a degree in psychology, which was really interesting. I loved the degree, you know, and I, I, you know, I do love um, psychology to this day. But I, at the end of the degree, I just was so done with exams that I didn't want to, I just didn't want to study anymore. So I, I just uh, applied for any job that I thought I would uh, get. And um, I ended up having a long career then in publishing, which was interesting and it played to my strengths. Um, but then, you know, as time went on, I got less and less satisfied with publishing. 
and um, eventually, fortunately, I, I got made redundant from my job as the, the sector that I, well, as, as all um, print publishing has shrunk because of the internet, you know, and so I, ha I was uh, working for myself, I was freelance writing and editing and no, that was okay, but I, I just wasn't getting any pleasure from it. And as the jobs got sort of shrunk and smaller, and I ended up just thinking, this is not what I want to do. And then around that time, both my parents, unfortunately, um, had became ill. And over a two-year period, I was looking after my parents, and that kind of diverted me. So I wasn't really thinking about work. I was just doing the work that I had. And then suddenly they both died. And then I was kind of like, okay, so now what I sit at my desk and I just don't want to do this anymore. Uh, you know, I just can't go back to that life. And so I started thinking about what I could do. And, and I had a kind of light bulb moment, which was that the thing that I used to love was the psychology that I, when I did my degree, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I just turned my back on it and realized, hang on, there's something there. Maybe there's something there you know, that um, I really felt compelled to, to seek out what I could do in that area. But I actually was a bit conflicted about the term coach, life coach, because I, <laughs> I, in this country, maybe not so much in the States, but in this country that has kind of like a weird... Uh, yeah, yeah. About it. It, yeah. It has it has a weird connotation in the States too, but some, yeah. there's a lot of weird people that make a lot of money from it. <laughs> okay. It's more accepted, so I should say. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was really, I resisted because I just thought I can't be that, you know, that's just embarrassing. I can't be that. But then I just, I had a light bulb moment where I just sort of was really searching and I've been doing some, you know, around this time I was doing lots of professional development. I was really trying to work out what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life. And I just had a light bulb moment. It's like, it's staring you in the face. Why don't you just, but you have nothing else going on if you don't take this, so just do it. And I, and I uh, enrolled in, I did two diplomas. I did one in corporate and executive coaching, and I did one in personal performance coaching. And so I started to study that. And and from that, you know, I I now I yeah did did those diplomas. I grew uh, an audience and a, a client base, and and you know that's where I've gone from strength to strength now. Um, that's great. So 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 I feel like my story is very much. Uh, the story of a lot of my clients and I, that's why I kind of feel that I'm I'm very so well placed to, to support them because actually I've been there and I felt that kind of just being stuck you know stuck I don't know what to do but then I didn't have anybody to to help me I didn't have a coach you know I didn't really hadn't really kind of considered that I never even knew that was what coaching was about until I got into it and then studied it myself and started working like that and I realized you know how it's an amazing job. I love to help the people that I help. And it, I'm just so pleased that they get the results that they get. And then they go on to enjoy their lives. And some of them come <laughs> to me when they're completely stuck. And others come to me when they're just sort of, you know, life, you, you change as your life goes. Or what you, what you want when you're 18 or 20 is, is not what you want when you're 35 and 40. You know, things change. And yeah. uh, and a lot of times that means that the work that you've been doing just isn't a good fit with your your values as they've become now. And so you want to you know you feel unhappy and you want a different lifestyle, and maybe that's about money, but maybe a lot of times it's for people it's about having more time to do the things that they love doing. Yeah, and being with your families and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, so that's, no, it's great that's that you share that example because because really 
a lot of people, and I want to listen to know that the world we live in is so drastically different from even five, 10 years ago. Like every generation yeah. changes, but the online training space is a $107 billion space. Even just mm -hmm. the personal development, it's an $11 billion space. And you're in the UK right now. I'm currently in New York, but I have clients all around the world. I have clients in, in Dubai and in, in Sweden and in, in, in Scotland and Hong Kong, but that's all online. And so I want our yeah. listeners to recognize that in your case, Caroline, it's, it's, it's really about finding ways that you can help people, knowing what your skill sets are, and in your case, finding that training as well, which is great because sometimes people are like, okay, what do I do? What you do is, we never even think twice when an Olympian, an athlete, a baseball player, a football player, they'll have coaches. No athlete that mm -hmm. has gone to any level of success has ever not yeah. had a coach. But when That's people right. go through life trying to find out what to do with their careers, with their business, they don't consider hiring an executive coach or any sort of coach, whatever the term is, life coach or success coach, it doesn't matter what the term is before the coach part, but it really is. Well, if athletes have coaches, why wouldn't employees and entrepreneurs have coaches? It doesn't seem like it, but people just don't have that understanding. And it's unfortunate because with coaches like yourself, you get results. Now let's jump into some of the results you've gone through some of your clients and how you've helped them with their life. Um, well, like so, for example, one one of my very first clients um, was someone who was just completely stuck. She she was uh, she had like two uh, university degrees. She was incredibly. Her family were from Poland. She they were all academics. She was incredibly um, talented, but she was completely stuck. Um, and she was literally working two days a week in a horrible admin job that she hated uh, because she just couldn't commit to, to, to anything because what she wouldn't allow herself to consider was what she really wanted to be, which was an artist. And there were lots of reasons within her family why that wouldn't have gone down well. And, you know, she'd also spent all, these time, all this time doing these degrees. She was just, you know, there was just so much keeping her stuck. And um, within six weeks of working with me, she had entered um, a competition, an art competition, and won the prize. So like within six weeks, she'd actually become a paid artist. Um, and that gave her the confidence to talk to her family about it because once, you know, she'd actually just won hundreds of pounds. Um, and so that, that meant that, that they actually, and she, it meant something to her as well, as well as being able to take that fact to her family, you know, it meant to her, yes, people will pay for your work. And so that was a complete shift for her. Um, but what she really wanted more than, than just getting paid for her art was to actually be part of a community of artists. And that, that was the bigger piece. So she got a real immediate short-term uh, gain. But what she's subsequently developed is um, you know, a, a, a community of artists that she enjoys working with and they can, they can do exhibitions together. The last time I saw her, was when I went to her first exhibition, which was amazing. And it was just like, okay, I think my work here is done. <laughs> so, that's great, uh, that's great. Yeah. We're pretty much done with our podcast, but what's the one thing that you feel that you told her or shared with her that she was able to make this breakthrough? What was the one thing that you encouraged her to do? I think I encouraged her to dream, you know, to have a vision uh, because I think she hadn't even allowed herself to have that vision. So it's sort of actually like, you know, what if you're 90 years old and you're sitting, you know, on your porch in your rocking chair and you're looking back on your amazing life, you know, what, what does that look like? 
and in and in that moment you know in and you know she's just able she did have a vision you know it's just that it was so deeply buried so it's just about bringing this giving people a space sometimes to actually dare to dream yeah. and then once you dared to dream then you, it, you know you want it to become a reality and so some of the things that you put up in your own way well we all, we all have things that we put up in our own way that stop us getting what we want if unless we can sort of grab hold of them and deal with it and then when we've got such a strong vision that we really pull towards then it's much easier to say okay well i'm not going to let that get in my way i see what it is now and i'm not going to do that i'm, I'm going to do this instead and so you actually get the motivation. And when we're, when we're motivated, we can do almost anything that we want. You know, That's great. The example. So, yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story, Caroline. How can our guests stay in touch with you? Um, I, my website is uh, carolinestag.co.uk. Um, there's a lot, that's, that's where my, cent, my central place to, and uh, where I put information and there's links there to get in touch with me. If people want to have a free hour-long consultation, then the link is there to do that. And if people want to, you know, explore maybe how it would be like working with me, that's an excellent opportunity. Um, yeah, and so there's information there on my Facebook page, which is CS Coaching on Facebook. Um, or I'm on Twitter. Not as often as I should be. Um, <laughs> um, my LinkedIn as well. I'm on LinkedIn, which is Caroline Stag. So uh, there's all those, the, the normal uh, places to great. be found. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks again for being on Crypto's podcast. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Pleasure.